It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner, joined by Chad Brendel of BearcatJournal.com and Rick Roaring from MusketeerReport.com. Welcome into the Skinny Podcast, the college basketball edition. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com, digital sports columnist and editor with Chad Brendel from BearcatJournal.com and Rick Roaring from Musketeer Report. Fellas, college basketball season is, is officially upon us, and, and we are very close to the regular season beginning. Um, but media days recently taking place in the two leagues. We didn't get a chance to talk about the last time to some degree because um, a couple of media days had taken place, and that is the American Athletic Conference and the Big East. And let's, let's start with the, the AAC and, and, I guess, Mick Cronin's reaction to the fact they're picked to win the league and don't have any first-team players. I, I, I actually think that's a good sign. I think that shows yeah. you that you're that, – you're better. You're, the sum of your parts is the best thing about you, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not. I thought Gary Clark should have definitely been on first team. All well, I know, conference. I know. You you lobbied for two guys on the last one. I said if I was going to give you a ballot, you were lobbying for Jacob Evans and Gary Clark. But I, I get like the five guys that they picked are going to be probably the five leading scorers in the league. So I don't have a huge issue with the way that they did it. I just think if you're picking five, you know, five guys for a team in the American, Gary Clark's. On that list, I think that brings up an interesting question when you're doing these lists, which is it gets tricky trying to differentiate between okay, who's a talented player who is going to put up really good numbers on a bad bad team, team or right. a, a mediocre team that maybe isn't winning all the time or playing in highly competitive games versus who is the type of player that's in the thick of things, helping their team win big games constantly that isn't going to put up the biggest numbers, but right. might be the better overall winning player on a really good team. Because you saw that sort of like in the Big East with St. John's. They have two really talented guards that if you stack them up 1 to 10 in terms of talent, those guys might be right up at the top of that list, and they're going to put up good numbers because St. John's going to run up and down the court and score a bunch of points. But St. John's going to play in like five meaningful games the entire Big East season. So, I, I, see, whenever I do those things, I, I I just look at the individual player. I don't look at just the numbers because I mean sometimes the numbers are really skewed. A guy averaging twenty five a game on eighty shots that doesn't do much for me. But if it is a talented player, I also don't want to ding him because he's a talented player on a bad team too, right? I mean, you, you've seen good, really good guys. You go, gosh, if only he had people around him. And I get the fact he's taking twenty five shots because well, he has to. But I would take Gary Clark and Jacob Evans over Jalen Adams. I, oh, I completely agree. L- let me ask you this: Who is who is the guy for UC this year? Because because we talk like I was a lot of times. A lot of times, both we, this question of, of in crunch time, who is the guy in crunch time? Well, because we hear a lot like Jacob Evans is the the guy for UC. He's the guy you'd want if you know all this other stuff. Like I hear a lot of praise for Jacob Evans. Then I hear like Gary Clark's the guy, and then also everyone's now saying. Jaron Cumberland might be the best player on this team. So who is if, and, if you were if you were to say Kane, one guy can be on that and first Kane team? Kane Broom is the straw. <laughs> I think the one with the mentality to be the the big shot guy is, is Cumberland. Cumberland. Yeah, but who, who's the best player on this UC team going? Jacob into Evans year? is the most talented player on okay. the team. All right, I, I give you a last set down one. Who takes it? Who takes that shot? I mean, you want to say Evans, but I'm tempted to say Cumberland because because he's got he's, the cojones to do it. Yeah, I think he's completely fearless. I think. The thing with Jake that's that's a blessing and a curse, it, and it's kind of like Gary, ultimate team guy. He's taking a good shot. Right. He's not. But we, and we've also seen him disappear at times. Yeah. I mean, it just but whether that's, it's a that's, good it's part of that. I think sometimes that's getting, deferring too, though. Some, yeah. But if he's not getting clean looks, he's deferring. Right. I don't think Cumberland has any regard for anything. But right. he's going to take a contested shot if it's the meaningful shot to take. Yeah. I mean, I, that's just. 
We'll see. I mean, Kane's going to be the guy with the ball in his hands. The great thing for UC this year is you have a team where Jacob Evans can defer, and there's still at least one other, if not two or three other guys, that can take that shot or can make that big play to where him being an unselfish player, him making the right decisions almost all the time, is is going to help you more often than not. And that's where when when you hear any comment that says, well, how can you be picked first when you don't have anybody on the first? Well, it's because you got three three to five really good guys. Yeah, you got three guys on the second team and five pretty good guys overall, if not a little bit more than that. Well, and and I'd also argue it's silly to think that one of UC's players is not an all-American first teamer when they're clearly... Not all-American, but all-American conference. Well, yeah. I, I, mean, just want, I just want to make sure people didn't hear you think All-American, that's all. I don't think all anyone AAC. would confuse there that. There we go. I'll yeah. go with that. Um, but yeah, I mean... They don't, like that. They don't like that, do here's, they? Here's the a crazy question. We, we, I was on the Fundamentally Sound podcast with Bobby Reagan and Ben Brust, and we were talking preview in the AAC. Since the trio of Sean Kilpatrick, Russ Smith, and Shabazz Napier left the American Conference, who's been the best player in this conference? Crickets, yeah. Gorgi Jang. He did, he was gone before then. I guess you're right. He was. Was it, is it Shimmy? Taco Fall. <laughs> I, I mean, le- legit. Is it Shimmy Ojale? In the past three years, that's the best player this conference has produced. Well, and it also shows you then why this conference hasn't had a lot of teams in the tournament too. Yeah. I mean, that it really, it does, that's exactly what it shows you. He, Bobby asked me that question, and my my brain went, "Oh God." It's nobody. Like, the answer is nobody. Yeah, I mean, I, there, there isn't anybody that would come to mind. Right. I mean, you're right. There, there really isn't. And, it, and again, maybe that's why this league hasn't had it's success. Probably exactly in, why in March, this league hasn't for, for had a lot of success in March. Now, I, I did see some, some small national blowback to UC being picked to win the league where some thought that Wichita. One vote. And, and I, well, but, I, but and that, the thing to me is, is – I, I think everybody just assumes Wichita is going to come in and blow through this league, and I think that's a—I think they're good. I, I just think that's a wrong assumption. I do too. I—I I, I think there's a big difference, and as not great as this league is, it's better top to bottom in the valley. Times right. There's two. still a big difference when you're going on the road to UCF in late January or whatever it is. Now there was a, there's been a time where the valley you could argue might have been better top to bottom. Maybe, but. Switching from what they came from last year to what they're going into this year, I think the middle of the American should be better. Yeah, but I, but I mean, the depth of this conference to me doesn't matter at all about how good this conference is at the top. Like the the question is between who's better, UC and Wichita State. And to me, maybe I'm completely wrong about this, and maybe I'm going to look like an idiot in a month. I just don't see how people are so convinced that Wichita State is I'm with you. as good as UC even, much less better than UC. I, to I, me, UC is clearly a, a, a slight step above Wichita agreed. State at this I, point. I think some of it, you, you see the last the last five years' body of work where Wichita's and, had, and also had they the undefeated get a bump team. from playing Kentucky right, like correct, they did correct. Well, last just, year. They've just been a darling. The media love them for some reason, always think they're getting screwed. I. They're, the media is obsessed with Wichita State and has been for a, a few years now. I just think they're overhyping this year's team. Like, I think it's a good team. I just don't think it's quite as good as everyone else makes it out to be. Yeah, and I think the other part, too, is, is, is when you're in a league like, like the Valley, and the Valley's been, um, you can go a week 
or or yeah, three game yeah, stretch where it's, well. we're good. We're you know we, we didn't play our Coast. A game and still won. And you have to get up for a Saturday game. You got up for it. You played your A game. You won, and then you have another two where you can have a little bit. There, there's some leagues, man. You just you, the cumulative effect of that just it, 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 that that's what wears on you sometimes. Is yeah. there's no chance to go. Who let's get ourselves fixed here. You got a little bit of a chance when you hit Tulane and, right, and right. South Florida and right. whatnot. But for and the we most talked part, about that last year. Yeah, but for the most part. I think the top seven teams in this league are going to be pretty solid. Yeah. With, with UC and Wichita State, I think clearly way ahead of the field. But I think you get down to six or seven, and the league is pretty good. Um, just for those who didn't, maybe didn't see it, after, after UC and Wichita, UCF, um, SMU, and UConn. And, and um, you, I know you like UCF a lot, though. I, I, I know do. you're shaking your head about UConn. I know that you'll go there in a second, but... Um, I know you like UCF a lot. I I, I think B.J. Taylor is the best player in the conference. I, I might be crazy, but I love the way that that kid plays. And as you know, whether you say what you will about Taco, that defense when you've got a seven foot six guy at the rim is tough to score on. No doubt. So I, I definitely like them in third. Um, I like SMU in fourth. I would have Temple fifth, Houston sixth, UConn seventh. Uh, that's, your Kevin, that's your Kevin Ollie bias. Yeah, they look great against Providence last night. Yeah, UConn is terrible. I mean, I, I'm not... <laughs> I like the succinctness of that. Yeah, UConn is terrible. I mean, just that that's a fact. Um, it's not... I'm not a hater of Kevin Ollie like he is, but that team is bad. Here's my thing with, with... And I've talked about this before. I won't talk about it long. Who's gotten better under the past four years with Kevin Ollie as head coach? What player do you think from there has... Like, Amita Brima was the exact same player... Maybe even a little worse. I thought worse. he got worse. Yeah, I thought he got worse. From his senior, from his freshman year to his senior year. Maybe the 10th guy who became the 8th guy. He got a little bit better. He got incrementally better. There's not been much player development under Kevin Ollie at UConn. I just, I, I, we, we've argued this before, but I just have to throw out the man won a national title. Right, Shabazz wrong, Napier won a national right, title. Right, wrong, or indifferent. It, it's still a hard thing to do. And you were still a big part of that. Right, wrong, or indifferent, he was still a big part of that. He didn't just suddenly go... Here, you take the ball. I'm going to go sleep for two hours, oh, and I'll come back. here we go. Why'd you have to say that? I know that, that but it's, it's, it's just because it? it's, it's not fair to suggest that's what he did. No, well, they shut him out. Here we go. <laughs> See? I'm done. I won't get into it. Okay. All right. I won't get into All right. it. I, I, you're, you, it's well documented, your, your dislike for Kevin Ollie as a coach, and you will tap dance on his grave when he gets fired. Will and, you not? No, I want him to stay. <laughs> That's the old. That's the old. That's the old hugs and uh, and and uh, and, jo- and Joey Myers. Yeah. Um, Joey, he's a great coach. He's a he's great. I don't know why everybody's on him because they're going to kick his ass it's year like after the, year. It's after like year. the South Carolina fans that had keep Butch Jones shirts. Right. On. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Here's the thing: if you let Brendel tell that story, but you would swear Brendel was in the locker room with that year's team that won the national championship. I talked to someone that was. There you go. They shut him out. Fair enough. Man didn't do a scouting report one, didn't didn't put together any game plan. I'm sure they did all that, just nobody listened. Okay. <laughs> I know this. He can flash a ring that you can't flash and I can't flash and he can't, he can't flash. Matt can't flash and Mick can't flash. So. Worst coach ever to win a national title. And it's still a national title. That's all I know. <laughs> you know? That's all I know. All right, let's uh, And let's, they got smoked by Providence last night. Well, let's switch to, to Providence and switch to that league in the Big East where Xavier was, was picked third. And I think that's where, when we talked, Rick, you had him about there, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I would have probably picked second, second okay. if, if you would have asked me. But I think the, it's a toss-up between them and Seton Hall after Villanova. And then 
I was thinking those teams were a step or a half a step above Providence, who's slated to be number four. But the voting was really close. I'll be honest. After watching Providence last night, too, against UConn, and I know UConn is bad, but this Providence team, they can easily compete with Xavier and see a really Paul good for freshman that, class for that second spot. It changes them. Well, yeah, and I mean, you know, Alpha Diallo is a sophomore and wasn't as, as big of an impact last year as I think some people expected him to be. He looks like he's taken a major step forward. So now you have kind of the, the main trio of that team might not even be their most three talented players anymore. I mean, they've really got an influx of talent to help back it up. It might be Ed Cooley's deepest team because in years past when that Providence team has been good, they've been really one, one or two guys down. Right, right. And this year, I mean, they've got – And he does a good job too. I mean, that's Is the other Jalen Lindsay still there? Yeah. I mean, they've got seven or eight guys that can really play. He's been around a long time. Yeah. Feels like he's been. Feels like we've been watching him. We started watching him in AAU. It's, it's like because seven I, well, years ago. no, it's because I think some of some of this is, I, we're all so so conditioned to the one and done guy for whatever reason. That Somewhat, suddenly, yeah. a guy, you look around, a guy's been there for three years, and you feel like he's been there for ten years. Yeah. Well, if they've made an impact since they first got right, on campus, right. then it feels like they've right. been there forever. I'm I mean, sure Big East fans feel like Trayvon and JP. Have yeah, been no, there right, for exactly. Years. For some reason, everyone says it about JP, and no one really about Blewett. It's just. I think JP just JP's stands out. JP's the annoying one. Yeah, you like, just know about under him. your skin. Mm-hmm. And Trey doesn't say anything. All right, speaking of which, Trayvon Blue was selected to the uh, first team All Big East in the preseason. They did they did put together a nice three member honorable mention team of which JP McCure was one. Was that like a was that like a little three member pat on Others the head? Receiving votes. Yeah, was that like a little pat on the head? Well, you know, it was even. Funnier. I mean, if you're going to do an honorable mention, let's do an honorable mention, right? Right. They just do three guys. <laughs> right. And the funnier part was with the All Big East second team. They noted that hey, we had a tie between so they had two six, of these guys, six, so we had an extra right. guy in this team. They put six on it, and you three still didn't make it. <laughs> just if you were wondering, um, which I can't wait to see JP Makira get switched on to Marcus Howard, get switched on to Rodney Bullock, get switched on to Marcus Lavette, get switched on Shamari Pons, yep. Mikhail Bridges. Any of those things happen. I'm expecting if he's on defense, either a hard foul or if he's on offense, Yolo. There's going to be a bucket attempted. At any point when those guys are guarding him, I can almost promise that. It's going to make me crazy again. Would, would, would you have voted Trayvon Player of the Year? Um, I, I, honestly, Brunson probably would have been my pick, but it could, I'm fine with either one. Yeah. They're both going to be really good. And I think I'd have voted Trayvon. I mean, I could see it. I just If, if Villanova's as good as we think they're going to be, then Brunson's going to be unbelievable and do yeah. everything for them. So. I just I, I, they're I think they'll be a little bit more spread out, a little bit more balanced. Where I think when when rubber hits the road, Xavier's going to be going to, to Trayvon a lot. I mean, it's actually a fair point. I, I if I'm picking preseason player of the year, I think I would go with Trayvon. Any team towards the bottom half that that's, that that could surprise people, Rick? I Rick's mean, it's, a big it's, real, guy. it's real early. He's not a big DePaul guy anymore. No, I'm not. And they're they're at the very very bottom, as we all know. <laughs> I'm losing I'm losing a lot of faith in DePaul. I I think um, Saint John's, Saint John's got some love. Saint John's got love from the coaches' poll. A lot of people are talking highly of them. I'm not buying it. Um, I think Butler is better than eighth. I just it's Butler, man. You do not pick them to finish eighth ever, no matter what their roster looks like. And I don't think their roster is as bad as a lot of people are claiming it to be. It's it's not explosive. Very similar to last year, right? Yeah. I mean, you lose Tyler Lewis. Um, it's who did have a good year. Yeah, but but it's not a yeah, it's not yeah, it's not a huge talent loss for lack of a better term. Yeah, I mean, keeping Keelan Martin is 
is the deal right there. Like, he's their go-to guy. And you've got Kamar Baldwin, who was a shock last year as a freshman, way outperformed his unranked three-star status. Yeah. I expect him to be a big-time sophomore. And honestly, I thought he was kind of overlooked in all this voting when you saw some of the other names up there. Like, I'd take him over the Howard kid um, from, from uh, Marquette who everyone's obsessed with Marcus Howard, who can really shoot, but he's a 5'11 guard. I mean, you know, so I don't know. It's it's going to be an interesting year in the Big East, but like I said last time when we were talking about how many teams could get in, again, I think when you start looking at it, are are you telling me Creighton, Marquette, Butler, all are going to miss the tournament? Right. That's in the bottom tier of the league, excuse me, at least in the preseason voting. I think you're looking at seven teams again like last year, I mean, maybe it's only six, but I think seven is is probably likely when you start looking at at this team or this league and its depth. I do want to touch on one other thing, and I want to get back to a couple things with both teams. And I do want to touch on Kentucky pick, being picked to win the SEC. But you actually did kind of do another story on the on the Xavier on the center renovations being done. Um, and really, um, it is going to be pretty cool for those that haven't seen. I know they've had volleyball games in there, et cetera, but obviously basketball fans have not seen it yet. And, and it really well, is for Musketeer Madness. They, well, yeah, they did finally. Yeah, yeah. And um, it looked it looks great. I, th- I think to me, the biggest difference over anything else is painting all of that gray slab concrete that they had throughout the place. Navy blue. Everywhere there used to be exposed concrete is now navy blue, and it looks so much different. And you factor that in with, like, the new video board and the new lookout section that kind of completes the upper bowl and the new stage lighting that they've gotten to where, you know, it's really offset where the court is super bright. It's got some lighting effects going, a little blue accent, and then the, the stands it immediate fall off into darkness. It looks great. It looks like a completely different arena. I'll give my full review of what the arena looks like from the absolute last row in the building on uh... – the second of December. <laughs> hey, but that could be right next to the woods, the new bar, which well, was looks say, fantastic too. I was say, how did that end up looking? Because you and I saw it at a very infancy stage when they just kind of had the, the 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 back of the bar, for lack of a better term, and, and um, had a couple of writings and scribblings that we couldn't take pictures of. But uh, how did it end up, end up looking <laughs> when it got finally finished? Great. I mean, the, yeah. the flooring around it is all night, like a black and white tile floor underneath of it. Um, the whole thing looks incredible, so... I think Xavier fans are going to be impressed with all of all of the changes. The only thing I've heard a little bit of blowback on is the the new seats that they put in. They're supposed to be like the diamond seats right. for the Reds games. They're wider, but it seems like from everything I've heard, they've lost legroom somehow, and people feel really tight up against the seats in front of them, which will be a major problem, no doubt, for a for, lot for of those people. that are in those seats. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you're paying that money for those upgraded seats. I'm sure they're not going to be happy if it's bad. And then also the lookout, you kind of have that thing where you're a little too high up, too close to the court, and I think it gets tough to see like that baseline and corners and that it, basket a little bit. So there might be some uh, issues with sight lines and things that they never had before in this arena. But overall, I think. All of it was a major upgrade. Yeah, I do want to get back to both teams, but I do want to touch on the SEC. Had their media day as well, where Kentucky was picked to win, uh, followed by Florida, Texas A&M, Alabama, and, and Missouri, which is a huge jump up from Missouri, obviously. Um, I know you, you're not fond of this Kentucky roster, but in that league, I, I just, I mean, Florida's about the only other team. I would team. have Florida first. Yeah, but they're, they're about the only other team I could make a case for, right? I think Texas, Texas a and is going to be really good. I, I think Florida and Kentucky are ahead of them, yeah. but I think Texas A&M is going to be pretty good. Um, I, it's not that I – like, the thing with Kentucky is I still think they're going to be good. Yeah, I know you do. I still I, think I, they're I very talented. I just think they have a bunch of very similar pieces that – I mean, Gabriel, Knox, Washington, 
Kalea Jones, Jones and and Jared Vanderbilt if they if they ever get him he healthy, healthy yeah. they're all kind of the same guy and they're very thin at guard. You've got Quade Green, you've got Shea Alexander, you've got Hamadou Diallo, and you've got the the Baker kid, the shooter from yeah. California. No. And that's it from one through three. So you're going to have to play one of those fours at the three, which you're going to be bigger, and I get that they're going to be long and they're going to be athletic and they're going to be really good defensively. But will you shoot it? I don't think they will shoot it well at all, and I, I really worry about them on offense. I think you're going to see they're going to look like Cincinnati, like rock fights. I mean, they won't, though, because they're going to run Don't up run. and down the court as fast as they can. That's what Cal does with these types of teams. So I don't know. I'm not nearly as as concerned as you are. But at the same time, if you're talking about Kentucky, you're talking about them competing with the nation's elite. We're, right. not, we're not talking about, is Kentucky going to be the best team in the SEC? Of course they are. So when we're talking about North Carolina, right. Duke, those types of games, them getting into a Sweet 16 and beyond – do they have enough firepower to do that? That is a question. Yeah. I, I'm, I don't know that Duke's roster is really well construct, all, constructed all that well either. No, but they're, they're really talented. first by a lot of people, yeah. and, and they're probably the most talented team in the country. So, it's who, who would you have ranked number one overall in the country? Before everything happened, it would have been Arizona. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like before everything happened. Right now, I'd probably go Michigan State. That's I think that's my answer, too, at this point. With but I don't Michigan think it's clear State, cut. Arizona, Duke, kind of right, all right there. And this feels like one of those years where we might actually have the possibility of a team that's outside like the top five, yeah. truly being the best team in the country and and sneaking up. Just because, yeah, and it, it never. I mean, it, it felt like it was the blue blood year last year to a large degree. Absolutely, almost, almost from the well, get, that, almost from the get. That go. recruiting class was right. incredible. Right. You're seeing it in the NBA already. How good that recruiting class was. Yeah. Yeah, right. And that's what happens. Right. The Blue Bloods get all the, the, the great players, and last year was definitely a Blue Blood year. Yeah, we talked about that for half the season. Yeah, this year, year, I think you're right. It, I think this is going to be a wild ride. Which could be fun. Which yeah, could be fun. I think I, it can. I, I do want to touch on, on another team. I know you like Alabama. They were picked fourth. Um, and Missouri, uh, Missouri yeah. obviously jumps up big time to be picked fifth after the stuff they've gone through. Obviously, they've got uh, Michael Porter. But is that, I mean, is that enough? They've got. They brought, does that tell I mean, you? Does that tell you though that that where the rest of that league is? That, that kinda, but they brought in more than. Oh, Porter. I know they did, but but I they, mean, they've you're, got you're, some dudes. You're picking them. If you're picking them, I you're mean, picking them on the if come here. They man. just did. A, they had an, a, an exhibition against Kansas and played tooth and nail with Kansas the entire game. So that's not a a, a fluke. That team's got a lot of talent, and Jonte Porter, Michael Porter's brother, is is very good. Um, Alabama. I just love their two guards. I don't know what the rest of their team is going right. to look like, but Colin Sexton especially and John Petty, um, I'm I'm really really high on both of those guys. So uh, we'll, we'll see what we'll see what Avery Johnson does with them. By the way, what was our what, what line did we set for the Kentucky Thomas Moore game? Because they do play. We're, we're we're doing this on a Thursday. Sixty five and a half. Is it six? I didn't think that was the uh, official. I think it was like fifty seven. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about. Well, right. I'll have to go and, back. And, and I've got Thomas Moore right. Actual audio. Correct. What? I've got Thomas Moore in the fifty seven and a half. No, I said, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said Kentucky would beat them by more than 57. Correct. So I've got Thomas Moore 57 and a half for a nice 12 pack, right? Correct. Well, it was lunch, but now we're changing 12 packs. That's fine. You're you're feeling not as confident. I get it. 12 packs probably worth more than lunch. I can take you to friggin' someplace and get you a $5 burger for goodness sakes. Man's never seen me eat. (laughs) 
Oh, no, I have. Yeah, I, I have. I have. But uh, we can do, we'll, do, we'll make it lunch. lunch. Lunch is good. We'll do a 12-pack on something else down the road. Whatever you want. All right, let's, we'll do lunch. 57 and a half, right? Yep. Make sure, make sure you bookmark that part of it. All right. All right. Um, for UC and, and Xavier, I'll start with UC in, in, in at least the exhibition. What, what do they need to get out of their exhibition game, if, if anything, other than um, just getting guys minutes and getting guys in, in, in some kind of a game setting? Getting Kane Broom acclimated. I mean, that's, that's the biggest part. Um, he had a rough first week and a half or so. Um, the, In what way? Well, it, it kind of went like this. I was talking to him during that little stretch when he was having a rough time, and I said, you know, the, the big thing is McCronin is allergic to turnovers. And Kane said, yeah, the problem is right now I'm addicted to them. That's a bad thing. <laughs> That's a bad mix. So uh, it, it was a matter of, you know, Mick is very hard on his point guard, mm-hmm. and Kane didn't get that last year. Because he was sitting right. out. There right. was nothing to be hard on him right. for. So he's getting coached very hard right now. And he's trying to correct some of the stuff that he that he was able to do at Sacred Heart that he's not allowed to do now. Lazy passes, you know, just he had four and a half turnovers a game. That's a, and that's a lot. Now, granted, the ball's in his hands a ton yeah, there. All but. the time. But you're not going to have four and a half turnovers a game at Cincinnati. Because if you do stupid stuff and turn it over too much, you're going to be drinking water. Well, I guess the point the is, how much of that is correctable? Or how much of it a is lot he of it. just, he, and how much does he have the want to to not well, do, see, do it? Because there are guys that they're going to play out of control no matter how you try to keep them from playing out of control. Mick's not going to get mad at him for driving to the lane and, and having the ball tipped away and bounce sure. off his foot out sure. of bounds. If he's being aggressive, right. th- that's not going to cause problems. It's when he comes off a ball screen and throws a one-handed cross-court pass that gets picked off for a dunk. Is he an over-dribbler? Not really. Not really. Um, at times, just like anybody, but he's not a guy that just stands there and, and pounds the leather off the ball. Uh, it's just a matter of, of, of being more cognizant of taking care of the ball. And you've got Gary Clark and Jacob Evans and Jaron Cumberland and Kyle Washington. Punch it ahead and go. Punch it ahead and go. All right. So let's get Chad on the record on this now. What type of player is Kane Broom going to be? Because... Last spring, he didn't know how to score less than 15 points. And That's what he said. No, he was what going I said. To, well, I mean, but you were very much You like, were in his corner you, on it. You were <laughs> like, hey, he, he doesn't know how to score right, less. Like, right. I don't know how he will not score less than 15. He's going to be like the best player on this team and lead them. I know you didn't say those exact words. It was more or less that, though. Where do you come out on him now? Because your tune has clearly changed. What type of player is he going to be for this team? My tune hasn't clearly changed. I'm just expressing what has, I've seen in has, practice. Has his tune clearly changed on no, what type of player no, Kane no, Broom is going to be? No. I, I, I think I, Kane is going to be a very good player. I think he okay. is going through some growing pains right now that's, as that's he adjusts to the system. Yeah, I, that, that's fair. I think I haven't changed my tune on him. I think he's going to be very good. So what's that mean? He's he's their starting point guard? And... He'll be their, I, I believe he will be their starting point guard, although Justin Jennifer has put up a hell of a fight. Um. I would say 13. But, but I was say he ain't averaging 15. 13, 12, 13 points a game and five probably and a half five, assists. Five and a half, five, eh, five four and a half, five assists. 2.8 turnovers. Don't you think 12 or 13 points a game could lead this team in scoring? No. Uh, close. I don't think there's going to be anybody. I think, I think Cumberland gets to 15 plus. Uh, I, wow. th- I, would set, I, I would say 14 and a half will be the leading scorer on this team. Yeah, I was thinking possibly even lower than that, just because of the distribution. Well, I mean, you could distribution, have, and, and everybody's going to different guys are going to have big nights. Yeah, and I'm not convinced. They're I mean, you could end up having all five and double figures, line. right? On yeah. average, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gary, and, I I could see Gary I, at like nine point seven. And, and and if you're going to play at the tempo that they're supposedly going to play out, you're going to have more points scored. So I mean, I I could see somebody getting to fifteen, but I think I think it's going to be close. Four like fourteen and a half okay. is my number. All right. I'll, I'll go Cumberland fifteen point six. 
We'll see where that, we'll see where that falls out. All right, for Xavier, what 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 might they need to do through through the exhibition game just to kind of get themselves ready for the opener? Honestly, I mean, other than JP Makira turned his ankle, so he didn't play in Musketeer Madness, and he's been out a few days of practice here. Although I think he's he's going to be back today or very soon, if not. Um, outside of that, I think you want to see exactly what you saw in Musketeer Madness because basically all the biggest question marks looked like they weren't big question marks at Musketeer Madness. Now, granted, Elias Harden, who has really struggled in practice, was being guarded by Leighton Strand instead of J.P. Makira because J.P.'s sitting out. So maybe that's why he looked better than expected. But he came in, he played with some confidence, he shot a quick three coming off the screen and nailed it. He hasn't done that a whole lot in practice. So just seeing him play confidently was a good sign. Quentin Gooden, who's missed a lot of the preseason because he's been injured, he's been recovering from injuries, he's been in a boot uh, the last few weeks. Basically, after one day of practice and then Musketeer Madness, he went in, hit two floaters, looked explosive, did pretty much exactly what you wanted to see out of Quentin Gooden. Um, And then Tyreek Jones was... Everything that Tyreek Jones has done in the preseason where we've said, hey, he looks really good, he executed the same exact way in the Musketeer Madness scrimmage. Um, it It was a good scrimmage for what you usually expect out of those that scenario. I mean, usually expect it to be sloppy and everyone knows what you're running, so it's it's a lot of turnovers yeah, and it's tough yeah, to really yeah. get anything done. Um, but the offense was really smooth. Uh, the defense was was fairly intense, and I thought it was a good scrimmage. So I think you just want to see basically that exact same thing is, are these guys for real? The You know, kind of the question marks, are they doing what we, we think they might be capable of, or are, are they question marks? And, uh, you know, if Quentin and Tyreek and... I don't expect Elias to be a big part, but just him showing that he's, hey, he can play at this level, I think all positives for this the Xavier team and stuff you're looking to take away from these exhibitions because, I mean, you're not going to learn anything about Trayvon Blewett or J.P. McKeer in right, these games. Right, no doubt, no doubt. Um, that's why I asked the question. All right, uh, I do got to touch. Thank you. I, I do got to touch on, on something. You, you guys are video gamers, right? Not not a ton, yeah, but you, yeah, enough, right? I, I don't I, have a system anymore. Someone like... Someone spilled water in my Xbox or something at some point. I don't know, but I had one of the Xbox Ones. That was my last one. Done. Played it like six times over the course of a year, and it's just kaput now. I've got a kid, so I, I bought her a Switch. And So you steal that occasionally when she's not looking? Occasionally. What, what do you play on it? Right now, 2K, NBA 2K. Okay, yeah, all right. Um, have, have you have you ever broken your hand or a b- bone in your in your foot kicking something? No, have you ever I've, done? I, I've gone through a few controllers in my day. You've broken some controllers. Oh yeah. How about you, Rick? Have you ever broken like your hand? Never, never broken any parts of my body over video games. I don't, I don't think I've broken controllers You've never or anything either. A controller after a. I had tossed a couple of them, but like I think I was always worried enough about the the equipment that it would be like throwing it into a couch or something like that, a couch cushion and. Although, you know, there were occasionally where it seemed like those directional pads didn't work all the way properly, yeah. so they probably, probably took some yeah, damage. That's probably from getting <laughs> tossed and, and broken. Well, um, a, a, a player of note in college basketball um, has broken his hand over, over anger issues with, with, a, with a controller. If you were the coach, go ahead. Go he, ahead he lost the game mm-hmm. to a student manager. A, a student manager. That, a video game. A video game. Student just, manager probably should be better than you in, in video games. He's got more time well, to play video games. Those guys take that stuff very Oh, I, oh no, no. I, oh, I know they do. And sometimes money exchanges hands through, through that. <laughs> yes, sometimes. But breaking your hand over it? Come on now. Not smart. Are you going to tell him who it was? Joel right. Berry. Yeah, thank you. Of North Carolina. Um, the, the starting point guard yeah. for the defending national But, I mean, maybe the best returning point guard in the country? Yeah. 
I, I guess the punishment is you, you've cost yourself some time here, but if I'm, I, I'm losing my mind. And but like what you can, know me, old dad guy. gummit. Yeah, ain't no dad gummit on this. There'd be the other way around with a few other choice words. <laughs> what can you really do though? I mean, honestly, no. As the a coach, punishment but, is obviously he's broken his hand and he's going to have to sit out. Right, and it's not like you're going to do anything once he's ready to play. Like you're going to get him back as quickly as you can. So what can you really do no, other than be frustrated? For, and that's what, uh, yeah, that's the frustration of it, I guess. But my, is it is it better to break a like? Because I've I've seen people throw the controller directly into the big screen TV. Is it better to break? <laughs> A bone and have to go to the hospital visit and whatever that cost. Because like if you're in college and you're a D1 athlete, they're paying for that. I would assume like of you're under their insurance, course, yeah. so you're not having to right. worry about that. That's probably better than breaking the TV, right? In college, at least. Well, Joel Berry, I'm sure could. Yeah, he, he probably ain't paying for the <laughs> TV either. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Might be tougher to come by though. Like these days. These days. He, I mean, now, I mean, now with sure, more scrutiny. Like, these days. I'm sure word could get out. Like you know, Joel, Joel needs dude, a new dude, TV. Dude needs a TV. Yeah. Why don't you get a new TV? I, I, all right, Joel, one. but this time it's only going to be a 60-inch. <laughs> I will say I punched a hole through a wall once, so not as a student. That's as, as an adult. As an adult. That's For video shocking. games? No, it was watching. What was his name? I was watching a Kentucky football game. Tim, you, you cared enough about a Kentucky football game? That's the only thing I game? care about. I don't know if you know. That's the only, that's the only thing I root for. It's literally the only. What is wrong with I don't, you? I don't know. I, that's the only thing I root for, Kentucky Why football. would you do that to yourself? I drove myself crazy driving to Pittsburgh last weekend listening to that 45-7 debacle to the point where I had to turn on UC and SMU just to soothe my nerves. Wow. Yeah. So anyway, so Tim Couch, they're playing against Arkansas. They go in there 4-1 maybe. Um, it was it was a it was Hal Mummy's first team. It got off to just a great start. What a great surprise! So they're at Arkansas. Couch first drive down the game it takes him right down the field. Throws an interception to the goal line. Dude runs it back, and so I just took a fist. Thank goodness it was drywall because I put my fist right through the wall. Wife came in from the other room, and all she looked at me and said, "You're going to fix that." And she came she came from the store the next day with the drywall repair kit and said, "You're going to fix that today." And by God, if I, Mister, can't fix a damn thing, I have no DIY skills whatsoever. I fixed that thing, and today, if you walked in my house, you would never know where I punched that wall. I'm, that's the one thing I'm proud of is I fixed that. That's wall. the only thing in your life you're proud of? No, I'm proud of other things, but I'm proud that I did that. I, I, I accomplished that task. Skinny the handyman. So no, no, like bruises or pain or anything nope, from no, that? No, like fine? I said, that was the good part. It was, And I didn't think about it at the time. That, that You didn't punch a stud. Correct. Yeah. That, that could have been disastrous. I, I've, punched a, I've punched a dry erase board in a locker room before. That's, that stings. I'm not going to lie. That stings badly. Maybe one of my favorite stories. Like I've, on the wall? Yeah. Yeah. It's not a smart move. No! I've gone now to do an open palm. Open palm's a little bit better. It, it still has the same effect. That's such an amateur move. You punch moving things like trash cans, swinging doors, things that a have give board. to them. A I, clipboard. I, I did. I'll give you, you know, I did do this one night. We were trying to do stats at the Post. This is a long time ago. When I worked at the Cincinnati Post. It was stat night, high school stat night. And we had a kid that just he couldn't get the hang of when somebody called him with the stats. He couldn't do it. So I'm trying to teach him, trying to teach him. And he's just an idiot. He just can't even do this. So I turn, I kick a garbage can. And all of a sudden I realize. Oh, Christ, it's going to hit this other cat on the head. Sure enough, it did. <laughs> so I had to apologize to the other cat as I'm trying to, as I'm mad at one guy. Like an aluminum I, garbage I, can? Yeah. You're, yep. you're really more built for the current era where no one works in the newsroom. Correct. And you just go out and Correct. do your own thing. Correct. 
you bro simmering all day inside a newsroom having to be around other people is it's, it's hard. bad for everyone's health. It's so. really, really difficult for me. I'm not going to lie to you. I've heard names you've called people in the newsroom. Uh, yeah, it, it can be bad. It can be bad. <laughs> going back to the punching drywall thing, yes. one of my favorite stories of all time, and I won't tell the whole story because I don't remember it exactly, and I don't remember what Bengals game it was, but Brian Snow at 24-7, our colleague, just absolutely <laughs> tell us one of the funniest stories ever of the Bengals losing a game, him getting mad and headbutting a wall. <laughs> and on the other side of oh, that was, yeah. drywall was like the pipes oh. for the building. Did like he put his head pipes through or something? It? Oh, yeah. Knocked himself unconscious. Concussed So himself. head goes through the drywall into the Smacks pipe. Smacks a pipe. He goes back and just lays there out cold. That's God laughing at you right yeah, there, it's man. It's unbelievably <laughs> funny to me. Has he done anything similar to that since then? I'm sure he has. Not that he's told me, right, but right. I, I learned like literally when I was in third grade, my dad got mad at me at a basketball game for doing that type of thing. And he was like, you're going to hurt yourself getting mad. And he's like, you've got to stop that. And immediately I thought, no, I've got to find a way to get mad and not hurt myself. So that's when I realized you hit things that move with you no, when you no, hit it. That, that's actually very, that's quite smart. Yeah, that's very chairs, smart. doors, garbage cans. Yeah, that's my go-to. The story of the only time I've knocked myself out. I I, kind of. I I absolutely do. So we're playing intramural softball at Marshall. Okay. And I'm in right center field. Ball hit over my head. And I'm flying. I was really fast back in the day. Back in the day. I'm flying. And I got a beat on it. I got a beat on it. 4.8540 speed, you're flying? 4.39. Okay. Electronic. There it is. Arts. Flying. <laughs> Reach up to catch the ball. Didn't realize. Realized I was... At the wall. Right. And it's probably a chain link fence. Chain link fence, yeah. yeah. I was at the wall. So I'm expecting to hit the chain link. And and bounce back. Yeah, it was a pole. Head first? Right down the middle. Ooh. Straight. Hit me right. And like the mark was right down my nose, chin, middle of my chest. Concussed. Woke up. Not cold. Woke up and there were like two trainers no over skull, top of no me. No skull fracture, or maybe that explains a lot where could we are today. A lot. It explains no, like I was. I was one hundred. So you were you were concussed. normal up until about age twenty-ish, or whenever this occurred, so right? Seventeen, eighteen. There it is. There's the explanation, Brewing. We've yep. gotten it. That same exact thing happened to a kid in high school that I played with at FOPA during our, one of our practices. It was one of those like concrete light poles. And he fractured his skull, went to the hospital and everything. It was Oof. a bad deal. He wasn't the right Brutal. for six months or something. Brutal. I'm, I Consider yourself right lucky. 23 right, so years. If, we, if so. we've learned nothing else, kick or hit something that's going to move with you. Correct? It's my words of wisdom. Unless, Joel Berry did not learn that lesson. Unless you're going to kick it into the head of a poor kid trying to do That is true. Some stringer. Post. That could have been me, Skinny. It could have been you. Scar you, scar you for life. All right. Anything else? Any final thoughts for you, Chad Brendel? As we no, get set, as we get set to start doing this on a on a regular basis, I, I am excited about that. I am like, too, I, and it and it worked out great because because of the hurricanes, they they had to rearrange UC schedule. Right. Their bye week was supposed to be two weeks ago. Instead, their bye week is this week. And you're talking football for those football, yeah. So that just happens to be the red black scrimmage. Perfect. And then Wednesday hit the road to Louisville for the Bellarmine exhibition, and then Sunday there's another exhibition, and then the following right, Friday. It's go time. Yep. At noon at BB&T Arena on a Friday. How about that? With UC Temple football at 7 that night. Pretty good doubleheader for you. Long day. Oh. Long day. Not feeling good about the length of that day. All right. I want to give Chad an opportunity to pick apart something I've, I've said. Um, because wow. it's Because it's been, I've been railed against on his message board for saying this. And I really want to know where my logic is flawed here. Like, if I'm wrong, call me out on this. 
Um, we've talked about Xavier's struggle in recruiting. I think it's probably going to continue here as we're as we're recording this, and one of their uh, recruits is getting ready to make a decision tonight. A- am I crazy to say? And, and granted, this is like I know you read my message board, and you've seen I posted like fourteen hundred words on this, and it's a lot more detailed than just what I'm saying here. But I say it all starts with this class being low on talent, it being a bad class, and it not having a lot of depth. Everyone on your message board called me out on that, saying that shouldn't matter. Do you not agree that in a class where you have a lot of scholarships to fill, the fa- I mean, it's not like there aren't five-star guys. There are always five-star guys. There are always going to be guys on the top 20 available. It's the that next t- it's the that difference next large is tier. From 50 to 150 right. or from 75 to 200 or whatever it is, there's just a lot fewer guys in terms of depth for all these other schools to recruit. So I just feel like a lot of the same schools are focused on the same – guys in that tier there's not as many to go around for all these other schools and i agree to an extent and obviously that's one small part of it that goes into a lot of other things there's there's been like 14 kids yeah and and there and that's like you can't go through each scenario and say why that affected them but to me that's like the trickle down i I can at some of it yes Uh, i i think they've they've clearly tried to step up a class in recruiting yeah, and oh, I think that's the big, and I think issue that's the bigger issue than anything is when you you start swimming with the sharks. Sometimes you get the food, sometimes you don't, and and when you're consistently going against Power Five programs that have more money and more resources and a football atmosphere to recruit to, that I, I think that's a big thing. Like when these kids generally, when the official visits happen, they come in for a football game and they get. No Locke is a perfect example yeah. of a kid who I think saw Xavier, liked everything he heard about how he fits in. He felt really good about Xavier before the visit. And then I think he kind of got there and was like, you know, I'm going to Florida for game day. I'm going to hear, you know, these other schools are big time football. He liked that. Yeah. And that was why he didn't. There's go to a Xavier lot to like about that. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. No, I, I mean, I, I get what you're I don't agree with it fully, but I do think there is some well, merit to. But you also understand I'm not saying like, hey, that's the reason. Yeah. But that's where things start. And you you un, you see the logic in, hey, there's not as much depth. So when you miss on your first couple of guys. All of a sudden, all these other guys that you thought are in your range, your normal type of guys, are gone. Well, everyone else is really right. in on them yeah. too. It, there's just lesser of them, and and you're so. So then, do you, do you take lesser guys just to fill those spots? And the answer is no, right? Right. I mean, I don't think you do. I mean, you certainly have to start looking you, at some other guys, and you. Take, but you like, can't go into the season with seven guys no, on no, your no. roster. No, I mean that, that's a fact. But but you don't have to go in with thirteen either, yeah. right? Yeah, and, and and that's and that's the situation Xavier's in right now. They're figuring that out as as we speak, and we'll, I think they'll end up getting one more high school guy probably, and then they'll get a, a grad transfer or a, another type of transfer in in the um, in the spring. But they just had a, a, a bad recruiting year. Yeah, and that, and there, there's a lot of different reasons. Like we said, for Noah Lockett was one reason, but again, the that whole point of hey, this is a bad class, wasn't like, it's a bad class and that's why Xavier didn't land anyone. That's not at all what I'm saying. It's a That's a trickle down where it kind of starts from is here's why things are a little screwed up in this class is you always recruit the same type of kids, right? Like there's a bunch of schools here in the Midwest that are in on a lot of the same kids. This year, there were a lot fewer of those kids. So yeah. the type of guys Xavier would normally be looking at, well, they had a little more in t- attention than I think they normally would have in that. And we're talking about the guys that Xavier can, is normally expected to land. The guys right, outside the right, top 100, right. the 100 to 175, where they normally make their money, the, the J.P. Makira type guy, th- those guys were, had a bigger focus on them this year. There were Iowa fewer State of them. was all over 
Xavier kid, like the Xavier targets this year. Yeah. I mean, it was th- different. There are a few situations like that where just like, like Michigan. And well, the, the other thing is like you had a bunch of schools in the Midwest all getting new coaches, which is a huge bump in recruiting. And a lot of turnover. And all of them had a bunch of scholarship. Yeah. Indiana could take three forwards. All of them of what Xavier were recruiting and yeah. were, were top priorities. Michigan has taken 15 guys or something in this class. Ohio all of, State. All of their targets were Xavier guys. Ohio State took three guards. Two of them were big time Xavier targets. So it was a unique situation that was was um, made worse by the fact that it wasn't a good class. And that's what I meant when I said that. And I just wanted to clarify to give you the opportunity to say, hey, this is completely bogus when you're saying this because I like to, to do the same when you say something like that. So I wanted to give you the opportunity. I, I do it all the time. Yeah, and you do do it all the time. But it's okay. That's what makes it entertaining. Just fire off whatever yeah. pops to mind. And, and really quickly, Xavier's upcoming schedule. Exhibition wise, in the in the regular season. Oh, um, it's a super secret scrimmage that nobody. Yeah, they, supposed to this know about. this Saturday they play Ohio State at Xavier, and or allegedly they might. Thank don't you. tell anybody. And then um, I don't know. At some point they play an exhibition after that. Thomas More. Yeah, I don't know when it is. We have to Next set the Saturday line. or something. We have to set the line on that one. We we'll have to see. We we'll have to see the performance on on Friday. We'll, first. Wait, we'll wait till we see that Friday game first. See, see the one on one thirty eight. Going to be on SEC Network. Like got to be. It's every it's, other Kentucky every practice. Other, anything they do, it's on SEC Network. Man. Unbelievable. They really do. It's their own personal commercial. For for goodness sakes, the Wildcat Network, like the Longhorn Network. Right. It's 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 one hundred percent. Once October hits. The SEC Network is Kentucky Basketball Network. That's it. That's pretty much it. I mean, that's what they got to hang their hat on, for goodness sakes. All right, boys. Appreciate the time. We are, we're back uh, next week and getting ready to do this on a regular basis. So make sure we'll do this twice a week. Make sure you join us. Thanks for joining us today on the Skinny Podcast, the College Basketball Edition with Chad Brendel and Rick Boring. <laughs>